Hello and welcome back everyone to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Reduce Your Pain podcast. My name is Sky Denton and I'm really, really happy to have you and Peter Winslow back on the show with us today. This is episode nine and it has been a lot of fun to build these podcasts with, uh, with Peter and with you all. And I'm so grateful for the positive feedback that I've gotten and how this podcast is making its way around the world and finding those who are really ready to begin implementing the, the powerful mind-body connection in ways that's serving them well and so that they can heal from AS and move forward with less pain and just feeling so much better in life. Please do not hesitate to send me your questions because then we can cover them in the podcast and you can get better that much faster. So today's episode, we cover some pretty interesting concepts. We talk a little bit about diet. And one thing that's really, really important to know about diet is how it can halt us from actually healing. There's so many people on the low starch diet or the no starch diet. And they're doing it because they don't want to be in pain, but there's something backfiring for them. And we talk about that in this podcast. And I can tell you that when I was on a limited diet, there was a sense of brokenness. I felt broken because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I couldn't eat what I wanted to eat. I couldn't drink what I wanted to drink. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do because I was on a diet. And I noticed that it didn't make me feel good. I was desperate to not be in so much pain anymore. So I was willing to try about anything under the sun. And at the same time, having to carry around very specific foods and not enjoy going to a restaurant and having to tell people that I can't eat a cupcake because I have this disease called ankylosing spondylitis. And so I can't eat starch because of this bacteria called Klebsiella. And just this whole circus that plays out was really stressful. And I do want people to understand that the diet is not a way to become healthy and whole. There might be a period of time to implement a specific diet for a specific goal, but for long-term health, especially with dealing with ankylosing spondylitis and other autoimmune diseases, the diet will oftentimes slow you down and even backfire and make it worse. We also talk about Winslow's Habits That Heal, lesson number three. It's about using the mind-body approach. One of the ways to heal is just to use the mind-body approach because it's happening anyway. If you're new to this kind of way of thinking, it might seem a little bit new. It might seem a little bit um, even like unorthodox or unscientific. The fact is, is that's absolutely not true. It's just a more complete and holistic way of looking at our bodies and how we influence them every single day. And I will tell you that the mind-body connection is always happening, every moment of every day. What we can learn to do is to use it effectively and productively. One example of the mind-body connection is laughter you see something or think of something that's humorous in your mind, and then all of a sudden you vocalize a laughter. That's the mind-body connection. Classic other example are scary movies or funny movies or anything. But think of a scary movie. You know it's not true, but it's still scary. So your mind is wrapped up in the storytelling, the narrative of the movie, the cinematography, the, like the amazing production of the movie, and we're sitting there in fear. We're sitting there in stress because of the movie. That's another example of the mind-body connection. And so I do encourage people to just be aware of all the places in your life where this mind-body connection is happening. And I will tell you, it is everywhere. And I didn't know it until I got help from Peter. And other people haven't known it until they got help from me. And so we're just sharing this message because it is very, very beneficial. We talk about how diets can downregulate 
our immune systems. And I also, I love it when Peter just kind of, he gets real and he gets excited and he's, he just says, ankylosing spondylitis is something we can heal from. It's an autoimmune disease. It doesn't have to be around forever. And what I love about that is his category in his mind, in his belief system from his, from his study and from his experience, he categorizes autoimmune diseases as something that can naturally be healed from. I do the same thing. And yet that is a different way of thinking than a lot of people have been told in their life. We become victims when we take on the beliefs that say we have an autoimmune disease. We don't know what is causing it, but there is no cure for it. And it's just something we have to accept. That right there is a very different way from what I think. I, like Peter, categorize autoimmune diseases as something that can absolutely be healed from. So notice in yourself, where are you allowing some category, some label of being a person with AS, some autoimmune disease, where are you letting that define you and what you're able to do? And if you don't like, if it's negative, if the people that you are around are reinforcing um, the victimization or that you are sick, I really encourage you to reach out to us for more information. Do contact us because who you surround yourself with and the reinforcement that you are giving yourself, but not only from yourself, by your peer group will impact your body and will impact your ability to create a life with less pain. So without any further ado, let's go right into the conversation with Peter Winslow. Hello again, Peter. How are you? Hello, Sky. You know what I'm going to say to the question, how am I? Fantastic. <laughs> Love and life. Everything is good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to ask. I'll just, because it's the same answer every time. I know you're doing well. <laughs> you're healthy. You're successful. And things are going well in your world. Happy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm happy to. And I'm really grateful to have you on the show again. So thank you for your time. And let's jump right into it. There's something happening in my world that is becoming pretty consistent. And the more people I speak with on the phone, the more people coming to me and looking for help and answers, the more I recognize that almost all of them are on some form of a diet, whether they think it's because of molecular mimicry or the, the Klebsiella bacteria or too much starch or too much sugar or whatever. And a lot of people are tired of it. And I know from personal experience that diets are not always really healthy, maybe for a little while. But what's your experience with people coming to you who are like, hey, Peter, I'm, I'm in pain. I don't want to be in pain anymore. And I recognize that this diet is just not working. Well, the fact is that uh, most people have been led to believe that the diet is the main thing to do if you have these uh, symptoms of ankylosing spondylitis. And they make it very complicated with the science. You know, it could be bacterial infection or virus or genetic predispositions and so forth and so on. And they're, what they're basically trying to do is get out of pain. So the diets do help in that regard because they lessen inflammation pathways in the body, which does alleviate the pain. It really does. The issue then becomes that the more and more they narrow their diets, the weaker their immune system gets because it has less exposure to different constituents in a regular fare or a regular diet. So the less you expose your immune system to challenges, the weaker it gets through a process called downregulation. So this happens after people have been on the diet for a while. They start to have that situation where they have to cut more and more foods out as they go along one way or another until they get to a very spartan and very selected few foods that they can eat with confidence. So, of course, most people are doing what they can to help themselves. And when they go and look for literature about how to treat AS, they find nutritional approaches. And what they mistakenly believe, many of the ones who came to me, and they, they reflect on it and say that uh, they thought that the diet was going to be temporary. That, you know, I'm in this pain now and I want to stop the pain. Above all in my life, stop the pain pain and the dread that comes along with expecting the next 
panic attack or, you know, the next uh, spasm that happens in their back as a result. So they just want to stop that pain. And they think they're going to come off the diet at some point, that they're going to do the diet, the inflammation's going to go away, and then they're going to be able to come off that diet. The sad fact and realization is that, no, you'll be on this for life, and it'll get harder and harder and harder to keep up with as your system gets weaker and weaker. Mm -hmm. So that's what I hear a lot of. And what I do, of course, I took my training as a nutritional specialist in holistic nutrition back in the 1990s. And I worked in a naturopathic clinic as an adjunct therapist, helping people with these very issues. And so I know a lot about it. When I had AS back in the 80s, when I had the symptoms of it over 30 years ago, I ate whatever I wanted because there was no literature on the, on the uh, specifications for inflammation then from a nutritional approach anyway, none that I could find. This is before the internet was even popularized. So I didn't have access to that either. So I just ate whatever I want. And I still do. I never did a diet that weakened my immune system and narrowed my uh, opportunity to strengthen myself. So again, most people are doing these diets because they're trying to stop the pain. And anything and anything and everything is fair game for them. So they'll try it. But then they want to come off the diet at some point and eat sumptuous foods. And I can tell you, one of the great pleasures in life is eating good quality food. Yeah. I mean, I was out to dinner the other night and had a prime filet mignon with a potato that was amazing and carrots. And I wouldn't have been able to eat that if I was on one of those diets. And it was just so sumptuous and so good and so satisfying. I love being able to eat what I like to eat. And everybody should be able to do that. One of the things people don't realize is that if you're cutting your diet and your nutritional fare down less and less and less, with less variety in it, that's not what healthy people do. Healthy people get a wide variety of fruits and vegetables and lean meats and fats in their diet. And the more varied the color palette is on their plate, the more nutritional it is in the system. So healthy people eat a, a wide variety of foods. And if you're eating less and less and you're eating a very, uh, very austere dietary fare, what does that tell your mind and your body? What's the communication that's coming through on that level? Mm -hmm. The mind and body are being told, I'm sick. I have to eat this way. Or I'm going to be in pain. I'm going to have a flare-up if I eat the wrong food. And I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. So that's what they're telling their bodies and minds, what they don't want. They're focused on what they don't want. They believe they're focused on what they do want, which is to be pain-free. But their motivating factor is to stay away from pain. So that's a focus subconsciously on what they do not want. And it works mm -hmm. against them ultimately. It's uh, pain relief and pain control in the short term, but then in the long term, not so much. Interesting. Cool. Thank you for sharing light on that. You bring up two really interesting and wise points of view with this. Number one, that eating a small grouping of foods down regulates our gut health because we're not being exposed to other items, to other things. And, and there's a, a picture that comes into my mind with uh, people's immune systems and protecting themselves a lot. Like, it's kind of like living in a plastic bubble. If you're in this big plastic bubble, yes, you might be keeping germs and things away, but you're also not strengthening your immune system at the same time. So people like that actually can get, if they come out of that bubble, they almost can't live a normal life because they just get sick. Does that make sense? Well, it's absolutely true. You know, the less you're exposed to these pathogens, the less autoimmune function you develop in your body. So when I was a kid, you know, back in prehistoric times, everybody, every kid ate peanut butter sandwiches for lunch. Every kid that I knew had peanut butter and jelly for lunch every day. And then at some point when I was a teenager or a little older, some wise person decided that we can't give peanuts to children anymore because of aflatoxin exposure. So we stopped giving peanuts and peanut butter to kids. And now they're not immune to it. Now it'll kill them. The whole generation could be wiped out with a jar of peanuts because they didn't get exposure to it. When I was a kid, we used to play in the mud. <laughs> I used to eat my sister's mud pies. I used to eat the dirt yeah. and, and eat leaves 
you know, dirt rolled up in leaves and have a tea party and eat this stuff, <laughs> sleep with dogs on the bed and, you know, had germs all around me. And as a matter of fact, I built a very strong immune system and I haven't had a cold or flu in 40 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I grew up with a mom that encouraged me to go out and play in the dirt and eat it. She didn't want me yeah. breaking my teeth on rocks, but she understood that, that, that it's healthy. And it's, it there, it's ironic because it's like the more we try and protect ourselves um, from pain by not eating something like starch or from germs by avoiding places that have germs, it actually does consistently make us physically and biologically weaker. And emotionally and mentally weaker, I'll say as well. When we spend our time and our energy on protection and trying not to experience something in life, we're, that's energy that could be used to get ahead in life that we're misguiding and shunting away into protecting ourselves from harm. And that's one of the teachings of uh, money mastery and wealth incursion. Stop spending all your efforts on trying to protect your wealth and go build more. Use that energy to build more and more and more. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's true with our bodies, it's true with our minds, and it's true with our finances. Yeah. Now, that's within reason, of course. There's something to be said for having insurance and locks on our doors. You know, you wouldn't have a lock on your door if you weren't uh, concerned that somebody might uh, go through that door and steal your stuff or whatever, whether it's your car or your house or home or what have you. The Sufi masters say, seek Allah, but first tie your camel. <laughs> Meaning if you go out in the desert seeking your source and liberation and joy and love and peace of mind and you come back and somebody stole your camel, well, <laughs> you're out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like something you told me a lot and still do that. There's no excuse for ignorance. Right. Yeah. Not a license for ignorance. Yeah. Not a license. Stuff for that ignorance. we're doing and the stuff that I'm teaching is for people of a above average intelligence. And I don't use that to cast doubt or denigrate anybody that doesn't possess that above average intelligence. Uh, we all are where we are and there's nothing wrong with one or the other. However, what we're teaching are concepts that are highly advanced. Mm -hmm. So it's like graduate school. You don't start out at graduate school. You start out in the elementary school system and work your way up through the grades before you get to the grad work. But there's a lot of basics that we're teaching as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So one of those basics is don't spend all your energy protecting yourself. It makes you weaker. Yeah, I love that. That's very true. And all the listeners can take it as a compliment that this is, this is high level thinking what we're talking about and what's so fun about it is is the the understanding of health dramatically changes when people get on board with what we're talking about and and it is it's high level thinking so congrats everyone out there who's listening because like peter said you're smarter than the average bear to even be here today <laughs> <laughs> right beyond high level thinking it's also high level of being that's yeah. what we're teaching them is how to be healthy how to be happy how to be productive, how to be wealthy, how to be loving, how to be wise. Again, not a license for ignorance with any of these things, but it does change your way of being. Yes, it absolutely does. Okay, so I'm going to jump back a little bit. We talked about, when you were talking about diet, you mentioned that protecting yourself, not eating certain foods, downregulates your immune system because it simply isn't in proximity to different types of foods. The second part of that is the mental component. And I'll let you explain a little bit of this, but there's a, there's a feedback loop. There's, there's a reinforcement of, of illness when people will not eat certain foods. Will you explain a little bit about how that works? Yeah, that's at the root of the mind-body issues that we're dealing with here with uh, chronic conditions like illness and pain and so forth. People have a self-image and that builds their experience in life. So when you're cutting out all these foods and you're not able to do what you love to do and you're restricted in your movements through life, who does that feel like you're being? Who are, who are you, if that's the case? And for everybody, it's I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. There's something that needs to be fixed here. And so that goes to the mind and denigrates the the self-image that we hold for ourselves, the self-esteem, the self-confidence, and that stuff 
becomes self-abnegation and self-doubt. And then that weakens the system overall and weakens the mental acuity, which weakens the body because the body and mind are connected. The proof of a mind-body connection is called stress. Stress is a mental condition. It's mental stress that affects the body and can make it even uh, ill and weak in many ways. So this mind-body connection is dependent mind on the body and body on the mind. And so when you weaken the one, the other one follows suit. So when you weaken your self-image, your body gets weaker as well. And then at some point they begin to believe, I am a victim. I'm an ill person, I'm sick. Look, I mean, all you gotta do is look at my blood test. Let's use science and show you that I am sick. And so they believe that to you know, the full extent of their range of belief and self-image. And so the body just follows suit and just acts like I'm a victim and acts like things are wrong and doesn't heal itself properly because of that root stress at the center of this whole process. So that's what I do in my group coaching class, the AS Recovery Challenge. The first thing we do is change the self-image into I'm getting better, I'm getting healthier, I'm recuperating now, I'm recovering. Instead of I'm sick, I need to fight this, I need to resist it, we need to have weapons in our arsenals to do battle because there's something wrong with me and it shouldn't be this way. And how did this work? How come this happened to me and all the rest of it? So that weakens people overall and then they become chronic. Again, the word chronic means doctors and drugs do not cure it. So it becomes incurable, which means that we have to cure it within ourselves. It's within curable, inside curable, incurable. Mm-hmm. That's what you've learned. That's what I've done. And that's what I do with my people. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. You bring up a really good point about how the diets can make us feel broken. And I'll give a personal example of how that looked in my life. I remember I was diagnosed by a couple different doctors in different states in America. And in between travels to those doctors, I was not eating any starch. I had completely researched Klebsiella and and the low starch diet and the no starch diet. And so I was carrying around thermoses of bone broth with me everywhere I went. It's all I was eating. And it was a struggle. I, my, my girlfriend at the time and my mom were sweethearts and super helpful with all of that. And we would go into a store and buy like some bird or something and boil it up and, and have the bone broth. And that's what I'd have the next day. And I didn't have the awareness to recognize it at the time, but it did make me feel broken. I wasn't a normal person anymore. When I would go into a restaurant when they were hungry, I would sit and like sip on my thermos of bone broth instead of enjoy in the amazing food that they would get to eat. Oh man. Tough, right? And so that I thought I was doing, I was doing the best I could. And I recognize now that, that with that mentality, I would have just continued to get sicker because everything was just a reinforcement of me being sick if I couldn't eat it and I'm carrying around this bone broth and telling people why I have the bone broth. And I know that that was really tiring on my system and reinforced illness again and again and again, all day long. Yeah. And that's the story for a lot of people. They can't eat what they used to eat. They feel left out. Then they get miserable about it. They might get angry or, you know, feeling sorry for themselves in one way or another. And this creates more stress at the subconscious level, they're not even aware of what they're doing necessarily, which Mm -hmm. creates more problems in the body because the body follows the mind. So now what to do? What do we do about this? So what I do with my people is introduce them to a recovery nutritional program so they can introduce specific foods back into their lives at a certain pace and see what's working and what isn't and get healthy again. Stop being sick. Stop being ill. Stop believing people who tell you that you have genetics or you know some predisposition that you can't do this. Even if you have Klebsiella or Pseudomonas or one of those uh, bacterial infections, you can take care of that. If you have a healthy immune system, it takes care of it already. And 
I, I actually went and I have my blood work done every six months or so with my naturopathic doctor and we look at all these factors. And a couple years ago I had Klebsiella and Pseudomonas in my system. Probably ate some tacos in Mexico or something that you know brought that into my system. So I just did an herbal regimen for about uh, four weeks that knocked it out. We did the blood test again and I'm all good to go. So it's easy to deal with. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm done, I'm sick, I'll never be the same. Uh-huh. And yet people are looking for that because they've been victimized. They become living, walking victims with tombstones in their eyes because they don't understand the mind-body connection. So the mind is actually working against the body in these cases and the stress gets to the point where the pain and inflammation become overwhelming. Now, if you can take that to the next level, which is what we do is take people to the next level and beyond, you recognize that all this is occurring in your life for a reason. There's something for you to learn from this and something for you to change your behavior around. And this is the perfect uh, indicator in your life of what's really important because the things that are important to you are losing sustenance. You know, your relationships are suffering. Your dietary fare is going to hell in a handbasket. Your flexibility and your strength are being sapped on a regular basis because you're living this victimized mentality. So we need to turn that around. And I actually turn that around with people in the first hour of coaching. We turn that self-image around. If I've done this and you've done this, they can do it too. It isn't that you and I are superhuman beings, you know, the $6 million bionic man or whatever. (laughs) We can do it. They can do it. We're all human beings. They just need to know how to stop fighting, how to stop resisting, and start building, which was uh, Winslow's Habit That Heals number two that we went through last time. Stop fighting what you don't want and start building what you do. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Since we did it, I know that other people can too. And there are a lot of people that are currently doing it in your group class, in my coaching class. And it's, it's a really, really cool thing. Hundreds of people coming out of this with uh, improvements. And so you mentioned something, Peter, a minute ago that... So I'll just say a statement. Tell me if you, if you agree with this. If someone has ankylosing spondylitis and it's not getting better, if they're not quickly getting healthier and experiencing less pain, then there's something going on in the mind-body connection that is getting in their way. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. It's true. I've seen it so many times. And what's getting in their way is their self-image. I am broken, I am sick, I am ill, what can I do, I'm a victim. That's what's getting in their way is that predisposition of who they think they are. Yeah. And that can be difficult to, uh, to not take on when someone, especially a, an intelligent doctor, gives us a label that says we are a person with an incurable lifelong disease. Oh, certainly, yeah, that can be difficult to swallow and live with and, and move away from. So what I would say is stop surrounding yourself with people who look at your weaknesses and start focusing your attention on your strengths and surround yourself with people who enhance those strengths. Don't tell your problems to anybody who can't help you. And don't listen to anybody who says that you're less than unlimited because it'll hold you back. And more so, it's not true. Just because medical science hasn't figured out the mind-body connection doesn't mean that people haven't used it to solve their issues in life and become healthy, happy human beings. There's examples of people like this all over the world that medicine gave up on. I've had so many clients who've come to me and said, my doctors have given up. They told me to go away. You know, and they've been doing all the medications for a decade and it hasn't worked. So in the tradition of uh, some of the schools of yoga, they talk about the fact that if you're taking a medicine and it doesn't cure you, it's a false medicine. It's just there to cover over the symptoms. The real medicine is in love and health and awareness of who you really are. Yeah. And even if you have an illness at that point, you'll feel good about who you are. So you'll sustain better throughout that process than somebody who feels victimized, even unto death. Yeah. 
I love what you just said about who you surround yourself with, because we can surround ourselves with people who reinforce being victimized, who reinforce some mental state, physical state that's not empowering. Or like what you did for me, I surrounded myself with you as much as I could and you, you empowered the positives in my life. You empowered my strengths and we nurtured those and cultivated even more of them and acknowledged them and learned how to build a foundation from those, which helped me shift an identity crisis from one of having an incurable disease to someone who can heal from it. And the guidance you gave me all along the way, it, it did exactly that. It, it, it assisted my strengths instead of broke me down and told me I was a victim. That's huge. That is like, that's what this podcast is for. That's what your coaching does. It's huge. It's amazing. That's the turning point. Yeah. And then I took you into the gym where people are going to get healthy. So you're surrounded by people who are, no matter what their condition is, they're all there for the same reason, to get stronger. An hour of working out is just as effective at balancing neurochemistry as any antidepressant on the market. This is true and factual and, and proven by science. Like you say in your book, it's not only working out, it's working within. Balancing that neurochemistry is really important. And then, so, like I remember looking at myself in the mirror and seeing the changes seeing my body doing what I was asking it to do. Getting stronger and prettier and better and bigger and bolder. And how did that feel? You're feeling like, yes, this is working. Yes, I can do it. Absolutely. I could see my physical body changing. I could feel my, my emotions change. I could feel the mental shifts happening. And I remember far before I was even out of pain, I knew that I definitely would heal because I could feel the changes in my body and I could see them in my body. And I was really utilizing the powerful mind body connection that you were teaching me. And getting uh, positive feedback from that process of working out and looking in the mirror. That's why every modern gym is covered with mirrors. You know, I used to think it was an ego trip thing where people would just go and stand in the mirror and admire themselves. But what they're doing is using the mirror as a visualization tool. And that's what I did when I was, uh, 130 pounds, I was sitting on a bench, gaunt, skeleton, stick figure, lifting five pound dumbbells, but I was looking in a mirror and looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger's size body, pumping 90 pound reps, for rep after furious rep. Yeah. And I got that image in my mind that this is who I am and where I belong, so it wasn't long before you know, I became a bodybuilder. And that changed my entire self-image. Yeah. This yeah. is before there was any, uh, like I said, before there was any coaching or training for people with AS. So I surrounded myself with people who were there to get healthy, spending time with people who were getting bigger and stronger, and I became one of them. And that's what happened with you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, okay. I, I want to say that you don't have to become a bodybuilder like I did. I'm no longer a bodybuilder. I just work out to stay in shape. You don't have to do that, but you do have to move your body in order to fulfill the function of neuroplasticity in the brain, changing the, the uh, wiring in the brain that uh, is the antidote for chronic pain because chronic pain is actually a process of the brain. That's where the, the pain is processed and you feel it in your body parts, but without the brain to uh, acknowledge that and send that signal to the body part, you'd have no pain. That's how medical analgesics work. Mm -hmm. They interrupt that signal from the, from the body to the, pain, to the brain and back again. It's called the P factor, the, the pain factor. And the medical uh, drugs just interrupt that signal so you don't feel the pain and the brain doesn't recognize it as being painful anymore. So now we do that for ourselves. We don't have to be addicted and dependent on medications to do that anymore when you know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it just feels good to exercise. It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A yeah, lot of that's... people would say, oh, I don't like it. I don't like going to the gym. And that's okay. How about dancing? Do you like to dance? How about going for a walk or riding a bicycle? Just move that body and it feels mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. And it wires the brain for health instead of chronic pain. It, it rewires the brain out of chronic pain if you do it properly for long enough. 
and that's required to recover from ankylosing spondylitis and other chronic pain conditions. Mm -hmm. I agree. One thing that uh, I always encourage people to do is to move. Move the body, move the body. Yeah. So we're talking about the powerful mind-body connection. And you're willing to share another habit that heals. This is lesson number three. I love sharing these, Peter. They're, they're gold. And so thank you. And I'm excited for everyone to hear this. Are you ready for me to read it? Or do you have any way to preface it? Or should I just go for it? Let me uh, fasten my seatbelt and give you the go ahead. <laughs> Thumbs up. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So Peter Winslow's Habit That Heals Lesson Number Three. Use the mind-body connection. The mind-body connection is primal and deep, effective and simple. All you do is decide what you want and talk yourself into it. Everything follows from there. Self-explanatory, isn't it? And I do have a question. I would love for you to elaborate on the talk yourself into it portion. What does that okay. look like? How do people do that? Is that what uh, coaching is for? Is it something they can do on their own? Let me know. Either way, people are doing it already with the things that they want. They're talking themselves into wanting it and then going and getting it. So it's no different with the mind-body connection. So the habit that heals, number three, is use the mind-body connection. All you do is decide what you want and talk yourself into it, period. Everything else follows from there. So how do you talk yourself into it was the question you posed. Believe that you receive and act like it. This, is, this training is replete in every school of mastery around the world, no matter whether it's career training or relationship counseling or health or whatever it is that you're uh, focused on. This training is to focus on what you like, talk yourself into to owning it, and then follow through on it. So people do this all the time. Have you ever been driving down the road in your vehicle and decide that you're thirsty? And you, then you decide to pull over you know, at a convenience store and get some water or something to drink? Mm -hmm. Do you ever doubt that process? Do you ever think, oh, maybe I'm not worthy enough to get water? No, you know you can have the water. You know you got the money in your pocket. You know. Uh, where the water is stored, you know where that store is, and you know if you walk in there, you own that bottle of water. You've talked yourself into it before you've even gotten the water. You know where it is, you know how to get it, and you're on your way to get it. Now, apply that to everything in your life. In wealth consciousness training, we were taught, now see the mansion on the hill is the same thing as that bottle of water. It's yours, you belong there, you have the sustenance to be able to own it. When you can believe that about your health or your wealth or your happiness, you have it. Talk yourself into it and then act accordingly. Everything follows from there. I love that. Great example. Where does confidence fit in? So for example, with the water, with the water metaphor in the convenience store, I can confidently walk in there and buy the bottle of water. Something like healing through the mind-body connection where does confidence fit into play with someone's experience? Same place. Confidence is a factor there. And like you said, when you walk into the store, are you doubting that you can get something to drink? Are you feeling like you're a victim about it and you're not good enough to have it? So change that mentality when it comes to your health. Of course, when you walk in the store, you know it's there. You know it's yours. You don't doubt it for a minute. You don't even think about it. You just go get it. You just go ahead and buy that water and you drink it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to convince anybody of anything because you're already confident about it. So confident, confidence does fill a role in this process. And so that's why people could be helped by surrounding themselves with coaches or others who know what to do and know how to do it and have done it for themselves so that people can have confidence that this is possible. This is what I'm doing. This is the way we do it. And the confidence builds as a feedback loop to what your experiences are. That's why when you were looking in the mirror, when you were at the gym and you were getting stronger and, and more striated and more cut and larger and more muscular, didn't that build confidence? 
Because mm -hmm. yes. you were getting that instant feedback from the mirror. So confidence is the echo of our intention coming back to us in the world around us. Yeah. It makes me think too of uh, kind of like practice makes perfect. If I walk into a convenience store and buy a bottle of water once, I can do it again and I can do it again and I can do it again. And it's just like applying tools that you taught me. They might've been kind of new, a little foreign, a little bit of a different way of understanding the body. And I learned to apply it once, I can do it again and again and again. And so the feedback loop just gets stronger and I become better at it. It's like learning any new skill. And with repetition comes the confidence piece where all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better and I know why and I'm confident that I can keep on feeling better. Well, that's true in any endeavor that we go for in life, right? When you first learned how to hit a baseball, you had to do it a few times and build confidence and practice and do it again and again repeatedly. The US military uses this and so did the other military forces around the world. I've got a brother who was in the Marine Corps and he was a radio operator whose job it was to set up communications on a beachhead when the Marines would hit the beach in a conflict or a firefight. And he had what was called a six second life expectancy. And that meant that once he hit the beach, he had six seconds to set up his communications or he'd be wiped out. Six second life expectancy or you're done. So these people train very diligently to do that successfully, set up that radio and get the communications open. So the Marines train you to do it in drill, do it in life. If you can do it in drill, you can do it in life. There's no doubt anymore that you know, you've done this thing in practice and in drill so many times, but then when you actually hit the beach, you're biting your nails and you're wondering, can I do this? Is it gonna work? Do I have the confidence to do what I need to do? No. Do it in drill, do it in life. Yeah. So this process and this practice is used in everything from, you know, reading a book to hitting a baseball to setting up radio communications on a battle-torn beach. And now we need to learn to do this for ourselves. The problem is that people are getting so much information of a negative import. So many people are saying, you can't do that. You, you mustn't have false hope. You mustn't talk yourself into thinking that you could actually graduate from college. No, you can't do that. That's not who you are. People hear, you know, sentiments like this all the time and what they believe they receive. So as I said earlier, and I'll repeat again, never listen to anybody who says you are less than unlimited because it isn't true. Mm -hmm. Consciousness is unlimited and consciousness is what you are. Now start acting like it, start getting the rudimentary training you need to go in this direction and heal your life. Yeah. I really want to solidify a point that you just made about false hope. I know that people with AS say they are in a situation where they're in a lot of pain and they have hope. And then a family member says, oh, you know, shuts it down. Oh, you know, remember what the doctor said, this is, this is gonna be your new normal for the rest of your life. That's what was told to me. So for everyone listening, be really aware of the support or lack of support that you're getting from the people around you. Because back to Peter's point earlier in the podcast, you want to be around people who are not beating you down and victimizing you, who are doing the opposite. They are teaching you ways of, of healing. They are encouraging the positive assets that you already have so that you start feeling better and better and better. Yeah, so who do you listen to, right? It's the black wolf and the white wolf in the story from the Eskimo that you gave last time. So the Eskimo elder, wise man, says to the, to the tribe, he says, I have two wolves in my mind, and they're always fighting each other. I have a black wolf who's angry and negative and vicious and cruel, and have a white wolf who's noble and loving and kind. And they're constantly fighting each other. So somebody pipes up and says, well, which one wins? And the old man says, the one that I feed the most. So what images are you feeding your mind? What beliefs are you 
putting your sustenance and your faith and trust in and calling it hope. You know, hope is actually kind of a weak word. I don't like to use the word hope. I know a lot of people do use it, and it's good for them. But I take you to a higher level of awareness and just hope. We get to trust instead of just hoping. You know, if you, will, if you had a heart attack and you went into the uh, emergency room and the doctor said, we're going to have to do open heart surgery, and you said, uh, well, hey, doc, what are my chances? Do you think I'll make it? If he said, well, I hope so, <laughs> it wouldn't instill a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So trust is what replaces hope. Uh-huh. Yes. And surrounding, surrounding ourselves with people who believe in us, surrounding ourselves with people that are encouraging of us healing, of living a better life. And I know that some people do not have that luxury. It's one of the, the main principles that I wanted to build into this podcast was a place of positivity. Peter, this podcast has been changing lives around the world. And it's been such a place, it's been a lighthouse of, of hope and inspiration for people. And it, for some, it's just their first taste of what is kind of like our entire way of thinking and being. And for them, it, it has lit up uh, a place of feeling inspired and of, of feeling hopeful, which again, will hopefully turn into to trust that they can do it, that they are doing it, that they have the tools, the people and the resources to continue developing in a positive, healthy way. Well, look, this works. People do it. Yeah. And so can anybody. If anybody can do it, so can everyone. In fact, that's how it operates. So getting to trust is a major import when it comes to confidence. If you trust in something, you have more confidence, don't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you just, said, you just said something great. You said, if anyone can do it, so can everyone. And I, I do believe that people can heal from amazing things. I've seen it. I've done it myself. And I really believe what you said. Not that everyone will because people's lifestyles all look different. Some people will never hear of this podcast or connect with us, but the people that do and who feel a level of trust in themselves that more is possible, that's a really good place to start. Well, you know, this isn't a license for ignorance, as I want to say from many times. There's a lot of people who've got illnesses that they're not gonna heal from. This, you can heal from, AS, it's an autoimmune disorder. Autoimmune means that there's something within you that thinks that something else within you is wrong. So it's attacking you under the belief that there's something foreign invading your system. It's autoimmunity and it's gone amok. You can heal from this. And in fact, there's only two things you need to do to recover completely. And you've done them and I've done them and I teach them as well. The first thing to do is reverse the cause. Completely reverse what's causing this situation in your life. And that's the, the cause of this situation isn't the pathogen in the body. You're, you've got germs and, and mites and, and creepy little crawlies all over your body and in your system. The cause of it is stress. And the, specifically the root stress that was formed a long time ago that was never faced and acknowledged and released. That's what's causing your immune malfunction. So that's stage one, reverse the cause. Stage two, repair the damage. And that's in the wiring in the brain called neuroplasticity. And this is what I teach people to do in eight weeks. You can do this rapidly. It took me a year to do it in my life because I didn't have any coaching. I didn't have any support. I didn't have any doctors who were teaching me this. I didn't have any books to read. I did it by myself. My family wasn't even in touch with me in those days. So I didn't have the support system. And it's probably good that I didn't because I got really strong as a result and went through this process alone and prevailed. Instead of surrounding myself with people said, oh, I don't know, you better listen to the doctor. Yeah, I had friends like that. There were people around who were trying to do that, but I didn't listen to that. So back on track, reverse the cause, let go of that root stress that's causing the condition. And stage two, repair the damage in the brain, rewiring the brain through the process of plasticity. That's all you gotta do. 
So no matter how you choose to get those things done, do it. Yeah, yeah. People are like, yeah, but will it work? Well, what if it doesn't work? Forget that noise. Just go in the direction and do what we ask you to do, and you will get results one way or the other. Not everybody will go into full remission, perhaps, but everybody's going to get part of the way there, and many people will. And I love that you say, it's an autoimmune disease. You can heal from this. It's an autoimmune disease, because totally, I completely agree. And other people have been told that their bodies, you know, they don't know why they're having these symptoms or whatever. And really, we know that that's not true, that it is stress-related. Lots of times coming from a place of not being aware of it, unconscious, and that autoimmune diseases, especially AS, are diseases that people can absolutely heal from. Absolutely. So another question people ask me is, well, if this is true, then how come the doctors aren't teaching it? Right? That's a logical question. And I understand it. And I don't know why they're not teaching it. Maybe it's because they're making a lot of money through the pharmaceutical approach. Maybe the pharmaceutical companies are doing quite well with their business model and practice, so that's what they teach in the medical schools. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's why. All I know is that it isn't even a medical procedure. You know, it's like if you have a brake problem on your car, you need new brakes, and you go to a transmission specialist, he'll say, well, we can fix your transmission. Let me work on that transmission. It'll only cost $4,000, but I'll get it in top shape. It's the same thing with going to the doctor for a non-medical condition. If you go to an acupuncturist, what's he going to offer you? Acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Go to a counselor, are they going to offer you surgery? No, they're going to offer counseling. They may refer you for surgery, but if you go to a surgeon, what's he going to want to do? Surgery. This is not rocket science. This is an autoimmune disorder that there's something in your body attacking itself because of stress that's caused a problem in the brain. Science knows this already. So I don't know why your doctor isn't teaching this. Maybe he likes the prevailing and current methods that they use instead. And I don't know if you've noticed, but it's a good business model. They make money doing what they're doing. Now, this doesn't mean that all doctors are bad or greedy, but the pharmaceutical companies that own the medical schools and are the provosts of the training that uh, people get there, they're doing pretty well financially. I don't see why they would rock the boat to do what I'm doing to actually help people in this way. Now, maybe your doctor would refer for counseling, but if they don't, then what do you do? If you go to a practitioner, he's going to give you what he sells. That's maybe why the doctors aren't teaching this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of them just don't know. They just don't know any better. It's not part of their training. That's what I'm saying. Medical schools yeah. don't teach. In fact, I mentioned it in the last uh, time we met. In medical school, the word healing is never used. They don't have anything whatsoever to do with healing. Healing is what you do. Healing isn't what the doctor does. The doctor doesn't heal you. They're not healers. They provide treatment. They're medical professionals. They're doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners and the like who present their uh, processes in a professional way according to medical standardization. Mm -hmm. This is not a medical procedure. This is let go of the stress and get healthy. In fact, one of my friends is a medical doctor, and when he learned what I did, he was very curious about it and interested in it. And he said, so you're teaching people how to act and how to behave? And I said, yeah, essentially that's what we're doing. He said, I always thought my job as a doctor was to give people drugs so they, they could keep behaving badly without the consequences. Hmm. And I was flabbergasted. I never thought of it that way. He's like, you know, that's why we give uh, antacid medications instead of telling people to stop eating greasy food. You know? We yeah. give them uh, treatments so that they can uh, still eat food that's bad for their cholesterol. I give them anti-cholesterol drugs so they can still eat burgers and fries. He didn't think about changing behavior at all. He was surprised when I said that's what people need to overcome autoimmune disorders, changing their behaviors. It's just your beliefs and your behaviors. It's all you need to do is change those. You will recover. Yeah. 
So we're not yeah. doctors. We're not providing medical advice. We're not curing anybody. We're coaching people into health and wellness. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. and, and to your point exactly, there are beliefs and behaviors in the way of people healing. That's exactly what your case demonstrates conclusively. Me, absolutely <laughs> as well. I've seen it in a lot of other people, and obviously you have too. And so that is what makes all the difference. Beliefs and behaviors are what rule our lives. Yeah. So if yours are working against you, we can change that. I'll show you how. Tell me what you want. I'll show you how to get it. Well, on that note, what's the best place for people to find you, Peter? We've, uh, we're at our time for the day. Yeah, I don't have a real big presence on social media, but I do have a couple of Facebook groups. And I've got a number of websites that you can uh, follow or email me at uh, peter at peterwinslow.com, which is one of my websites, uh, asvictors.com. You can get me there as well. And check out the asrecoverychallenge.com to see how I'm doing what I'm doing and how it works for others and what people have to say about it and how they're getting the great results that they're getting. asrecoverychallenge.com. And Peter, last time I talked to you, you said that you were signing on clients. People were showing up for the class and continuously well, I'm always having signing breakthroughs. Clients. Yeah, there's, it's all, there's a steady stream of them. But I've, got, I've set it up in a way that I can help even more people. So yeah. I've helped a lot of people in, in, the, in my career. You know, I've been doing this for 25 years in one form or another, and even actually longer than that, 30 years now. Wow. Seems like it went by so quickly. But I've heard from people before, if you could just help one person in life accomplish their dreams, wouldn't that be enough? If you could just save one life, wouldn't that make a difference in the world? And I'm like, yeah, and I've done that. I've saved many people from suicide and from other conditions in life that were less than uh, optimal. But it's never enough, man. There's so many more people. <laughs> so many yeah. people need this. <laughs> and it's my yeah. job to serve humanity in whatever way I can. Mm -hmm. So I find new and different ways to help more and more people. That's why I'm doing this podcast with you. Which, like you said, it's like a, a lighthouse shining a beacon out there in the dark to show people that there is hope, there is trust, there is light, there is a solution when you know where to look. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, that's one reason, Peter, why I've, I've chosen to have you on this podcast for nearly every single episode, because you are true to that. You have a desire and an ability to assist people out of pain. And it's amazing to be a part of, and I'm super grateful for how you've assisted my sort of <laughs> expedited, I would say, my expedited growth out of ankylosing spondylitis into a life of, of a lot of confidence and fun and joy and a calling of helping other people do the same. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a fine way to live a life, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you. Great wisdom today, Peter. I'm really excited for this episode. So thank you for your time. Absolutely. I have time. I can provide that to anybody who's interested in it. What we're doing is proliferating healing around the, the planet. We're helping people heal. And that's why I'm reaching out on this podcast. And I'm glad you're doing the same thing, Sky. Thank you for all the work you do, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. I received, just a fun side note, I received a message. Um, and there are people translating this podcast in other languages. To, to share it with other people that don't know English. Pretty cool, huh? Tomo arigato. <laughs> so on that that's, note- That's way cool. Totally, yeah. So we'll do it in Spanish next time, huh? Should we shoot for that? Si, <laughs> senor. <laughs> do we do? Uh, cool. Well, thank you, Peter. I will put the links to where people can find you in the show notes. And I appreciate your time and, and everything. And uh, I wish you the best in uh, everything that you're pursuing. All right. It's all going in the right direction. I can say that. Love you, bro. See you later. Love you too, man. See you, Peter. Bye-bye. Okay. Welcome back. 
Now, a couple take-homes. I want you all to think about who are you surrounding yourself with? We talked about hope, even that word hope, and, and false hope, and trust. And I encourage you absolutely to surround yourself with the people who trust in your ability to live a good life, who trust in your ability to heal from disease, who trust, who absolutely know that you are a person who's capable of a lot. That reinforcement right there through your cognitive brain, into your subconscious brain, into the physiological response that your body goes through when you are around those people, that is a path to wellness. That is a path to good health. And I consistently talk to people on the phone who are just blown away at my optimism because I know that they're capable of turning their life around. I might be the first person that's ever told them that. Maybe it's Peter. Maybe it's someone else. Lots of times they do not hear it from a doctor because doctors are prescribing to very science-based thought, although it's outdated science. So without going too far into that, just consider in your life who you're spending time around and are those people good for your health? One kind of fun metaphor I have for it is we can call them your basement friends or balcony friends. Your balcony friends try and pull you up to the balcony where they are. They're positive. They're cheering you on. They're calling you up. Your basement friends are trying to pull you down into the basement. They're trying to pull you down into a place of feeling as bad as they are. One place this can really play out is in the world of social media and who we are subscribing to. Subscribe to people who make you feel good. Subscribe to people who you enjoy, genuinely enjoy listening to. And make sure you subscribe to people who are living in alignment with or have already actualized the goals that you would like to achieve in your life. So if you have AS and you want to overcome it, and to live a much more confident, robust, joyful life, stop subscribing to anyone that's telling you that you can't do that. Get out of those Facebook chat rooms that are just people talking about medications and how much pain they're in. Get out of whatever family dynamics you can that are not supporting a higher level of living. And what's cool is when you make those changes for yourself, the world will meet you with more positive people and more positive beneficiary type relationships. So step into that new realm of possibilities, continue listening to this podcast to share it with people who you know will benefit. And that's a huge gift to the world. And it's a cool role that you get to play to share positivity. Think closely about the habit that heals. I don't need to go too into that right now. You know it's working. You know the mind-body connection is working all the time. I gave you examples of this. So just stay, stay closely attuned to what you're telling yourself, to your environment, to what is reinforcing negativity in your system. And we want to intentionally be feeding that white wolf that Peter talks about. And it's when you feed the white wolf and that positive psychology and learning how to manage painful emotions when it's appropriate, but to not dwell in them, to not dwell in sickness and illness forever, but to actually apply the lessons that those avenues and those things can teach us. That's what feeds the white wolf then the white wolf grows. And as the white wolf grows, your health grows and your confidence grows. And all of a sudden you will find yourself being able to take a step forward every day, knowing that you are on a path to healing from disease as confidently as you can walk into that convenience store, like Peter mentioned, and buy that water bottle with the cash in your pocket. With that, friends, I send you off with well wishes, good intentions, a ton of love, I ask you and encourage you to share this podcast in every place you are willing to and to step forward with questions. I would love some, some very specific content of things that you are interested in learning more about so that I can cover them on the show with amazing minds like Peter 
and we can continue to help you and assist you in living life with a lot less pain or even no pain at all. How awesome would that be? All right, my friends, until next time, thank you for being here. My name is Sky Denton. Contact me at skydenton.com with all your questions. Inquire if you um, would benefit from the coaching packages I offer. I would absolutely love to work with you. And enjoy your life. Come back, and we will see you again very soon.